0: Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1993's Fire in the Sky, directed by Robert Lieberman and starring Robert Patrick and D.B. Sweeney. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched uh, Backwoods. Um, Backwoods.
1: Yeah, I think it's from 2008. It's got Gary Oldman in it. Um, and it's just a movie about uh, like some, some yuppies who... Uh, end up in the mountains of Spain in a very small town and they make a discovery and they have to figure out how to survive. oh um, it's a it's kind of a ripoff of um, other movies we've seen like this, mm-hmm. especially deliverance yeah but because it's Gary Oldman and he's awesome i I of course checked it out yeah and uh, yeah it was it was it was worth it it was worth it yeah, okay it sounded like it could be terrible yeah. But it wasn't. It, it actually was not. It's okay. It, it is okay. Um, it, it actually exceeded what I what I was expecting going in. Okay. Was yeah. this on Shutter? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and <you laughs> just know, just
0: needed to know. Exactly. And, and I guarantee you. Because your streak you, has been bad. Yes. Okay.
1: Shutter has been like letting me down a lot lately. But um, I guarantee you, you have seen the poster for this film. Oh, many really? times in video stores mm-hmm. and maybe just in your, your other travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a red background <laughs> with a black and white Gary Oldman holding a rifle. And you know, you just didn't know what it was. That
0: sounds good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Backwoods, everybody. Yeah. I watched uh, Nosferatu from 1979. The Klaus Kinski, Werner Herzog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it was their joint for mm-hmm. sure. Dude, I hated this movie. <laughs> this movie sucks so bad. It's okay. The Herzog Herzog and Kinski Kin- Kinski, excuse me. Uh huh. They're great, yeah, but man, this movie was a bore. Uh-huh. It was a slog. Right. And 90% of it, I was like half asleep. I mean, Dave looks riled up kind of. I don't know if he likes this one or not. Um, but...
1: No, uh, my, my face belied my mood because uh-huh. uh, I, I, someone is finally telling the truth.
0: I know, right? Yeah. Roger Ebert can stick it up his bum. I don't know <laughs> what he sees in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's boring as all sin, man. I'd rather have Nasratu eat me. I, I don't do. care. <laughs> like, I know. The, the original is far more interesting. I don't yeah. know why they made this movie. It's a pretentious, you know, jerk off. Uh-huh. I mean, I I don't get it. Klaus Kinski is good in it. Yeah, uh, as Nosferatu. he's the best part of the movie, of course. But dude, Bruno Gans is boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you say he's boring? I yeah, mean, it's impossible. On. I know. It's almost the movie's like almost satirizes it in parts too like i don't know at the end of the movie there's like salt around bruno gans and he, he's like telling the maid to sweep it up and he like jumps over it like it's a mousetrap yes. it's it's quite humorous it's like something like what we do in the shadows would do yeah <laughs> exactly but man this movie is so boring and annoying never watch this movie man watch the original mm-hmm. the silent film it is way better and you just mentioned what we do in the shadows. If you want to see a movie that
1: that really knows Nosferatu yes. like no other, yes. I mean, like what's his
0: name in the movie like Greg or something? Like <laughs> it's, I can't remember. It's Peter. Peter, yes. yes. <laughs> but you know what? You know where Bill Skarsgård got his it? It's from Klaus Kinski in this movie. Yeah. That's sure. where he got that performance That's right. from. So That's there right. you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, skip this one. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> Fire in the Sky, the D.B. Sweeney joint. Uh-huh. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, this film is based on the book. I'm not sure when the guy wrote it. Travis Waller. It's like a memoir yeah. kind of thing. He wrote about when he was abducted by aliens in 1975. Mm-hmm. And this movie um, takes the book and films it in a way that like is corroborating his story, mm-hmm. which is a format I've always loved in movies, like uh, books that are thought of as maybe being uh, untrue, but just using it as source material for a, what ends up being kind of an entertaining film. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it takes place in Northern Arizona in the seventies and a bunch of guys, they, 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 they go to the police because their their friend is missing, and mm-hmm. they know what happened to him but they don't really want to say. And uh, that's what we'll get into.
0: Yeah, the movie uh, opens up with uh, some eerie fog in the woods yep. with a light shining. And going into it, you kind of know it's an alien ab- abduction movie. I would imagine yeah. everyone watching this kind of knows that. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, oh, is that a spaceship with all those lights? Uh-huh. No, it's a uh, a pickup truck driving as fast as it can through the woods, escaping right. from something. Uh, and we follow the truck to this old diner in town, and then they get out, and uh, they're all frazzled. Yep. And we find out what happened. The The cops come, and they tell a story. They've all agreed to tell the, the same story that their friend got abducted by aliens. Yes. And that's what happened. And this movie, I
1: remember when it came out... It was, at least where I, when I saw the advertisements for it, it was treated as a really special thing. Really? Like, like this is a film like no other, you know. Um, and I remember the poster art for it having, like, a very long bunch of words that was, uh-huh. like, next to the to the image of Travis uh, being abducted. Uh-huh. And it was, like, you know, the, the story on such and such, 1975, so and so, you know. Yeah. And I was, like, yeah. I, it, it really drew you in, and it really made you want to see this. Yeah. Um,
0: that poster yeah. is very... It, it, became iconic. It makes you want to watch it. Yeah. It's like, wow, that looks pretty interesting right, right. there. Right.
1: <laughs> and I guess before we get started, what is your overall feelings and history with this movie?
0: Dude, I was going to ask you that, too, at the okay. start of the show. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Right. Did we get abducted and have an implant put in us to th- make us do this? That's, ex- that's the, only, the only explanation it for this whole show. My overall general thought on the film is it's better than it should be, (laughs) Uh, but it's it's still not great. Yeah. Uh, But I do enjoy it. Me too. And I think it does a lot of things very well, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does have problems. Of course. And uh, my history with this, I think I saw this maybe 10 years ago Mm. out of nowhere. Okay. I think I, I don't know how I saw the movie actually, (laughs) but um, I knew T-1000 was in it. And I knew the guy from The Cutting Edge was in it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was like, and it's about aliens. So I watched this movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my history. What, what about you? Well, uh, my history is exactly the same
1: as yours, uh-huh. except insert one other actor in there. I knew the guy from A River Runs Through It was in it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: You know? And I was like, all right, yes. let, 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 let's let's A check it out. A River Runs Through It. <laughs> Yeah. What happened to that movie? Oh, God. I, I don't know. It's a Robert Redford film. And yeah. and and he's co- and Craig Sheffer is co-starring with Brad Pitt. And mm-hmm. he would do the... Pro- like I remember him from The Program also. Mm-hmm. He played the quarterback in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what why history has decided to forget A River Runs Through It. But
0: it, <laughs> it, it, it has for some reason. I think I had that on VHS. Did you? I had you? a tape okay. of that, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember. Decent, can't remember it, it decent film, matter. actually. Yeah, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff... It kinda goes into this whole the sheriff's kinda questioning everyone and it flashbacks to what happened. And yeah. It kinda tells the story in flashback for the first like half hour of this movie almost. Right. And then it changes formats to like actually following the people. But they're in this diner telling the story and it goes back to where I don't know. D.B. Sweeney and Robert Patrick met or something. He's like, yeah, he was my best friend. What's, Fade. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? it, it,
1: it fades. It, it, it's kind of contrived. It is. Um, <laughs> he, he was my best friend, and he's all he's all haggard and and he's had a long hard day. He's and got then this Norman Reedus like facial hair.
0: Yes, he actually looks like Daryl from The Walking Dead in this movie. He kind of looks great. <laughs> he looks awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... I forgot about that dirt lip yeah. had. I, I just remembered the beard from the end of the movie. Yeah. That's all I remembered. Oh, that's right. So, like, the dirt stash really got me happy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when they pan away, it's not when they met. It's just, like, yeah, a typical day. Right. It, it was, like, the start of this it's day. It's the
0: start right. of the day that this happened, yeah.
1: And speaking of things that look like things. Okay. <laughs> uh, when we first meet DV Sweeney, <laughs> what we think we're seeing is Paul Rudd. Because, oh, like, dude. I was just sitting there That's going, right. like, early 90s DB Sweeney was early aughts Paul Rudd. Yeah. I mean, they look exactly the same. <laughs> and he's on a motorbike yes, tr- going yes. around
0: town. And he goes, he he does a drive by donuting. Yes. He grabs a, a bag of donuts from some lady. <laughs> uh, who is this? I don't know. It just goes nowhere. You think that she's his love interest. But then Robert Patrick's sister. Slash maybe his daughter before you find out. I know. Uh, I is know. the love interest?
1: Because the, the, <laughs> there's no way we, we've not established that like, because Robert Patrick is married to Kathleen Will Hoyt and they have kids and they live in a house. Mm-hmm. And when, when, when Travis uh, goes up like the side of the house, yeah. he goes into the window and like there's a girl up there. She looks young. She looks quite young. Mm-hmm. And and he's like sweet talking her, and she he's waking her up and saying, mm-hmm. you know, hey, wh- you gotta marry me or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, dude, slow down, first of all. Um, and yeah, I, I don't I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's Robert Patrick's
0: kid sister, <clears throat> and you you kind of want to barf because you think it's Robert Patrick's daughter. Me? I know. I was like,
1: what is he doing? And I'm wonder- and I'm thinking like, there's no wonder Robert Patrick won't talk to you right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's not because he just fought with you're Kathleen Wilhoit, my daughter. <laughs> yes. What are you doing?
0: No, it turns out to be his little sister. Uh-huh. So alright. It, it's fine then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. It's
1: all above board and it's good. But, but that's you know.
0: kind of the problems I have with this movie. It just kinda of does things without any it doesn't set things up as well as it should in mm-hmm. some some instances. Right. Uh, like like this, for example, is really dumb and I don't know. You gotta see that he has a love life and yes. uh he has things going for him before, right. you know, he gets abducted. So yeah, and you
1: and the the problems for me with with the film are are like you said th- those kinds of things, but also like what we forgot to mention when they when they were like setting up the initial interview by the police mm-hmm. is they the the police don't think they can handle this, so they bring in an outside guy. Yeah, yeah. played by James Garner, some lieutenant. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. who is one of the more stereotypical movie
0: characters I've seen in a long time. Uh huh. Um, my wife said, "Is that Tommy Lee Jones?" <laughs> I was like, no, but it should be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're
1: right. The, the, we should be watching No Country for Old Men yes. with this performance, <laughs> and um, it's just him walking around saying cool things as a cool guy,
0: mm-hmm. which is fine because James Garner is a cool guy. He needs to put sunglasses on, and then the Who starts playing. Like yes, that's what That is what this is. I know, and it and it like it's
1: it's it was a trope in the '70s of of yeah. the. the the uh, Western lawman who's still in present day and is still, you know, like, solving crimes better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Even though this guy is, you know, uh, <laughs> ham-fisted at best. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to
0: it. So uh, they, they continue to tell the story, and uh, it cuts back and forth between the diner and then the events of the day. Yes. And the police are... You know, rightfully thinking they murdered their friend, and they're making up some crazy shit, right? <laughs> which yes. is good that they don't fall for this right away, right? And and they probably never fall for it, which uh, is, <clears throat> uh, I, I guess, a good way for the filmmakers to to get the other side of the opinion. Yes, into exactly. The movie, you know, mm-hmm. but then they they go back, and Robert Patrick starts talking more about his best friend, and they go, <laughs> <laughs> "It was a day like any other." It, yeah, it. Ah, oh. who wrote this? <laughs> anyway. But they uh, <laughs> it shows him picking up his crew of these like logger guys, uh-huh. and they're all friends except for this one guy who is kind of you know he likes to cause trouble. Yeah, it's Craig Sheffer's character. Yeah, Dallas. It's, it's Dallas is his name. Yep. And uh, so he goes, they go up and they're logging, and DB Sweeney and Dallas uh have a problem with each other. They got beef. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it shows them logging and having a good time, and then Dallas like dropping a tree right next to Travis and all this stuff. And you know th- they're setting up <clears throat> Dallas as a red herring here yeah. for the cops, and maybe even for us because we don't know what happened yet. And I really hate this. Actually, mm-hmm. I it, it sucks. Yeah. Why do they need to do this?
1: Well, okay, I'm not going to attack. This movie for it, but this movie is the one we're doing. So I'll, okay. you know, okay, just attack yes, the, yes. The, the, the trope of this. Okay, but what we know about like like working in a dangerous atmosphere, uh-huh. like if you're a lumberjack or a machinist from a few weeks ago, yeah. Um, there are safety codes you must abide by. Yes. Um, and trust me, in the real world, everyone is serious about these things. Uh huh. Even the most like rowdy dudes you've ever met. When you go to a construction site or anything like this, mm-hmm. everybody is playing by OSHA's rules. Yeah. Um, this is a government contract, we're, t- we're told uh, early in the film. Dallas is off the team even before the day starts. Immedi- he'd be sent home. Exactly. Immediately. He says, he cuts down a tree. It almost lands on DB Sweeney. And he very like, smart-assedly says, Timber. You know, yep. after DB Sweeney like dodges it. Yeah. And then he comes over and starts. Throwing a chainsaw in the guy's face, it's <laughs> yes! on, and he's like threatening him with it, kind of like "I'm gonna cut your head off." Yeah, and Robert Patrick just goes, "Hey, get out of there!" Yeah, I'm like, hey, no, cut it out, guys. cut it out. Yeah, no, Robert Patrick, get the water, you're done. The, the, this guy's, this guy is is <laughs> gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that guy sucks. I know, <laughs> and, and I know he's in the movie because the police need to kind of point their finger at somebody. Yeah, so that's who they think it is, and it does a good job of the character of Dallas kind of being paranoid about it because they all know what happened. Yeah. And Dallas is smart enough to know that the cops aren't going to believe him, and they're going to point their finger at someone and it's going to be him. And he's got a record and he has a criminal record of and he's not all from kinds there. of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's got plenty of reason to do this. Yes. Uh, the movie sets that up nicely right. and it's good for the character. Uh, but they kind of set it up. So the audience thinks that too, at the beginning, which I don't respect. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I think, because we all know what happened. Right. So I don't, we don't need to feel like he might have done something. Well, I, I don't
1: know that any, I mean, I hope no audience member who went in to bought a ticket to see fire in the sky thinks yeah. that Dallas killed. They go,
0: oh my God, Dallas did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's aliens. Exactly, I know. Like, yeah. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> I thought it was for sure that guy with the bandana. Yeah. Well, have you seen a film? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. No, you haven't? Exactly. Okay, well, I don't blame you then. Exactly. This is your first movie? This is okay. the first movie you've ever seen? Okay. <laughs> You're excused. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't criticize the movie for doing that too no. much, it's, but it's, whatever. It's, it's just It's just when you, when you see it with the, new eyes. It's an this... overused trope, and yeah. if you haven't experienced that trope a thousand times, maybe you don't care as much. So <laughs> right. <laughs> whatever. So, the uh, abduction happens. Uh-huh. They... Show what happens. They're driving home on their truck. I really love how this scene's done. Yeah, I really like it a lot because they're all driving home in the dark, and uh, there's this red light in the distance. It's really cool looking. I like it. It's eerie as fuck. Yes,
1: the, the the setup of of the of the actual UFO is done really really well. Mm-hmm. It's just red light at, at first, and the way it shines into the cab. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's
0: it's really cool because they're just like, oh, oh my god, what the hell? Yeah, you know? it's coming through the the. The trees and everything. Yeah. Uh, So they they, the road is heading towards it. So they finally get up to it. And their kind of fear of it keeps growing as they get closer to it. And I think the actors do a great job. I do too. uh, Of really showing how scary it might be to be in this situation. Right.
1: And the other guys are played by Peter Berg and Henry Thomas. Yes. uh, uh, Henry Thomas. Yeah.
0: Little Elliot from E.T. That's right is in another alien movie. So <laughs> And it's very different. Yeah, it's quite different. Um I when I saw Henry Thomas in the credits, this time I realized who it was. Okay. And I said, Holy shit, no way. <laughs> he wasn't wearing his red zip up though. No. I mean he, <laughs> I wish he was. As an adult, he's still got that thing. I I think he did all right in this movie, actually. He didn't have a lot to do, but uh, he just had to play kind of this scared high school kid. And if you want to see him as an adult play a a really good role, watch All the Pretty Horses with him and Matt Damon. Okay. It's pretty good. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, they get up there and everyone's freaking out, but D.B. Sweeney's got to get out of the cab and look at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's mesmerized by something the ship is doing or if he just thinks he's cool enough to go up and look at it. I don't know. I don't know what his motivation is for doing this because mm-hmm. yeah, I hope it's something I hope it's it's a thing where the ship is is got a tractor beam on him or something. It could be, but I feel like he's the kind of dude who's just kind of like everything is awesome, you yeah. know, and I'm just going to go and everything's going to work out fine. Right. Like right. that's kind of the the attitude he's had throughout the film so far, kind of just devil may care and yeah, like anything, you know, is fine. But wouldn't that guy that you just described be, like, looking back at the truck and going, hey, you guys got to come out here and check
1: this out with me. Come on, my Maybe, you know? yeah, maybe. Because um, he's just standing there, like, smiling and looking at the ship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which that, is a weird a People react differently to this kind of it's, stuff. It's so true. I yeah. don't know.
1: Because even Dallas is saying, hey, dude, you know, don't, don't do not do it. Dallas you know? is about
0: to piss his pants yes. at this hard ass dude. Exactly. Who nothing phases.
1: And he's scared because he thinks Travis is going to get killed.
0: And that's a good touch by the filmmaker because we know this guy doesn't get scared of anything. And he's right. terrified, right. which should amplify the audience's fear. And I think it does. It does. Yeah.
1: Because this is a really well done sequence.
0: Yeah. And then uh, a light shines on D.B. Sweeney. Not like his career, but the actor in this movie. (laughs) Sorry, that's a deep dig at DB Sweeney. I actually like him. I like him. I like him in a lot of things. He's not like the world's greatest actor or anything, but he's good. He was very good in Eight Men Out. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he uh, Shoeless Joe? Yes, he was. All right. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) Eight Men Out, and uh, so the light shines. Sorry, I can't keep. I keep thinking about DB Sweeney's career.
1: Uh, I say that every day.
0: (laughs) Dave, why aren't you working right now? I just can't stop thinking about D.B. Sweeney. I'm pondering. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) the light shines on him and he kind of raises in the air. Yep. Is that what happens? Mm -hmm. It lifts him off the ground and everyone starts freaking out. And then he gets like blasted back kind of. Yeah. And and everyone tells T-1000 to take off. (laughs) So he drives his truck. He kind of hesitates for and he's like, we've got to help him. And yeah. they're like, no, go. And in the panic of the moment, he takes off, you know. And then uh, they get maybe a mile or two down the road. I don't know how far. Yeah, but,
1: and they're, like, off-roading at this point because the, the road that came into the clearing is, is like, it's yeah. only one way back. So now they're just, like, trying to double back and get to where yeah. they were. So,
0: so he drops everyone off and says, I'm going back to get them, and no one wants to go. Right. So he says, you guys wait here, and I'm going back. So he just leaves everyone in the woods and... They all don't want to be left there because they're afraid. <laughs> yes. But they don't want to go back. So right. they they take the lesser of the two options. Uh-huh. Uh, and he goes back and Robert Patrick finds that Travis is gone. Uh and this sets up more suspicion for people, you know. He was the only one who went back and checked. Right. So did he do something to Travis or or what happened? You know, no one knows for sure. Yes. Uh so uh, that sets up the rest of the movie, I guess. Right.
1: And then the rest of the film is is the fallout in the town, like where everybody knows everybody. Like they they all think, every citizen, including Robert Patrick's wife and sister, believe that, that him and the other guys killed Travis. They did
0: something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Even though, I mean, and Robert Patrick has a good kind of stirring speech in the middle of the film where At like the there's church? a town hall meeting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah where they're all like the 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 sheriff is is talking about you know like what 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 the what the investigation is because there's a big manhunt that mm-hmm. happens out the next morning um and he's telling the citizens you know like we're doing all we can and they're saying you know why haven't you arrested robert patrick yet and yeah. um he walks into the town hall meeting where the real travis walton apparently is in the crowd is he's he he's sta- actually he's standing next to uh, robert patrick in the scene he's the dude with the mustache i didn't know that mm-hmm. that's kind of cool yep
0: yeah, and he he like is saying, you know, I didn't do this, and you guys don't believe me, mm-hmm. and you know, I went to school with you, Joe, yep. and blah blah blah, yep. you know, and if you got something to say, say it to my face.
1: Yes, <laughs> and he's I, I I would I would argue that Robert Patrick he is the best actor in this movie for me. I agree, yeah. hands down. Um, I think he's better than James Garner in his career, even. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's 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 mm-hmm. that good.
0: I would rather watch Robert Patrick, of course, uh, than anyone else in this movie. Yes, yeah, and he, and this scene is he's very good in it.
1: Yeah, um, and he his his whole performance is very
0: charismatic. Actually, throughout the whole movie, he's the uh, pillar of the community yes. kind of guy. Everyone loves him, you right. know. Hey, how's it go, Mike? Yeah, every morning, everybody everywhere, walks everywhere by, walks, you know. Yeah, that's right, Mike. What do you think of this? Yep, you know, they like, all turn to him. Yeah, for things. Yeah, and now he's. In this situation where everyone's turning on him. Yep. And uh, maybe they're not d- thinking about things correctly. Maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Mike was in the woods with his crew and uh, Travis goes missing, what are you going to do? Right. You know, this paranoid suspicion is obvious. You know, you, this is the first place you jump to. Yeah. And rightfully so, because that's usually what it is. Right. You know, aliens is way down on the list <laughs> right. of what happens. You, Bigfoot <laughs> is right above aliens. Then aliens, <laughs>
1: they, they, exactly, dude. <laughs> and if if you really consider what would be what it would be like if you and five people were in this situation, and one of them was abducted by aliens, and you were an eyeball witness to the abduction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how would you handle it? I mean, like, what
0: would you say to people? Right. No one is going to believe your story, right? And the movie opens with them. S- that's what they're dealing with. Yeah. They're, they're, they've decided we're going to tell the truth. Yep, and they know they're going to be ridiculed and thought of as crazy folk. Yep, and maybe never have uh, a life the, the way they know it again. You know, and possibly be taken to prison. Yes, and they know that <laughs> <laughs> they could go to jail. Right, and no one knows it more than Dallas. He says they can arrest you. Just for suspicion of this shit. Of like course. Because he, he knows all about going to jail. Yeah, Dallas he does. does. <laughs> right. And then one of the greatest scenes in the movie I like is when they go to talk to Dallas about the lie detector test.
1: Yes, because the James Garner wants to put him
0: on a polygraph. Uh-huh. And it's a good idea because if they're telling the truth, then, mm-hmm. you know, they right. don't have anything to hide. Right. And they go and consult Travis... Not Travis, uh, Dallas. Dallas. I keep mixing them up. The names are too close. (laughs) Yes. DB Sweeney and Dallas is what I'm saying from now on. We'll we'll just, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, So Dallas is up there saying, you know, I'm I'm not taking that test because, you know, you get one thing wrong and you're nailed. You know, like even if you get nervous, like that thing will mess up, you know, Uh, I ain't doing that. Because they're going to do something. They're going to throw curveballs at us. They're right. going to do whatever they can. And he's also probably nervous. They might ask him about other crimes sure. while he's on this thing. Sure. So, rightfully so. Yeah. And I mean, I I'd feel the same way if I had a criminal record
1: and somebody asked me to take a polygraph. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm already like, you know, I'm definitely not good at
0: crime if I've been if I've done time in yeah. prison. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm nailed. And he knows he's suspect number one. Yep. So, yeah, rightfully so. He doesn't want to do it. And him and Robert
1: Patrick get in a, uh, like, they, they about, they're they about to start getting in a fight, but it's broken up by Peter Berg,
0: um, and it's, it's... Yeah, he doesn't do a lot in this movie, but he's right. he's pretty good in this movie. Exactly, he's yeah.
1: okay. His character is, like, he's the, uh, like, kind of uh, quiet religious guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Like, after Travis, after the night of the abduction or whatever, like, it, it kind of cuts, and there's, like, a, a 5, 10 second scene of him praying in the church yes. and stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. He's okay. The little touch. And... They ultimately get in the scuffle and they all agree to do the test. Right. Uh, It's a good scene. I I like it. Me too. Uh, And they all take the test and we find out, well, they don't give any results because one person was inconclusive. Uh, So they can't tell anyone whether they failed or passed because uh, it could influence the other tests they have to redo or some shit like that. I don't know. It is absolute garbage bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um like I I've seen
1: some police malfeasance in films before, you know, of course. Yeah. And this is pretty low on the list as far as their offenses, <laughs> but I'm still like outraged at watching these guys like do the go about their business. Yeah. Um they are the the whole thing of like we're not gonna give any results and-, and we don't actually they even tell them they don't have the results and they want them to come back for another polygraph later and yeah. they and the guys rightfully say, No fucking way. Mm-hmm. We're out of here. Yep. And then when they leave, um James Garner wants to know the real results and the real results are that everybody's innocent except we don't know if Dallas is inconclusive. Yeah. Which I mean, why didn't you just say that? Exactly. And if if we've been told a million times that like polygraph evidence isn't even like admissible in court, right. Then what's the point? I why don't why know, does this man. machine
0: exist? Because people because of <laughs> movies? People invent things <laughs> yeah, that really don't do what we thought they did i guess so, so.
1: yeah i mean it's unreliable like garbage I mean, we used
0: to lobotomize people that's true i mean we used to cut our own throats to get better you know yes yes <laughs> we, like that
1: i mean but we're still okay yeah you're right but we don't still do medieval bleedings do we i mean I like hope i hope not mm-hmm. if, if it's been discredited then why does it still
0: i don't know i don't know it is a great plot device though <laughs> right you're right so we find out they've all passed their test yeah and uh dallas is inconclusive probably because he was so nervous about the test yeah that's what it was Uh uh-huh um and that the scene that's like a montage of them all taking the test and answering these questions and when they show dallas he's like they ask him a question he's like why you want to know that (laughs) Like, that's why he didn't pass it like that's why it's inconclusive because he's not even like participating it's, in this thing. <laughs>
1: he he's t- like the the guy administering the test tells everybody, you know, yes or no answers. And Dallas I don't think gives one yes or no answer. No. It's always what do you want what do you want to
0: know that? I mean, he's acting like a guy who did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> um and I lo- the scene when you find out they're all telling the truth, it kind of I, I, you kind of feel good that it's the truth, yeah. but it, it adds it just makes it even more mysterious kind of. Right. You know, and the the law is kinda like, Well, what the what? And it's how the, is this all the truth? They, they don't know what to think of it.
1: Which is which is the the second bit of uselessness from James Garner's character for me is that like after they he, he kinda goes up to Robert Patrick and he knows the truth of, that the polygraph proved their innocence, mm-hmm. apparently, but he still like manages to go up to Robert Patrick and put his finger in the guy's face like, I got my eye
0: on you. Mm hmm. Why? Why do you have your eye on this Because he still doesn't believe in alien abductions, I guess. Okay, but he shouldn't believe... (laughs) This is definitive proof, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what he says to him is he's like, I don't think you killed your friend, Uh but I think you know what happened.
1: And I told you what happened. Yeah, And if you don't want to hear the truth, (laughs) then I'm sorry, dude. Uh, You know, what more do you want from me? This, all right.
0: This Arizona Uh lawman is not going to believe some aliens came down and (laughs) took Travis.
1: You're right. That is the conundrum you're in. Yes.
0: Is that no one
1: will ever believe your story. Yes. Um, Which... I, I, I don't want to ever be in that position. Right. Me neither. But if I was and and I've been proven innocent, innocent by the polygraph, I'm probably moving to Winslow. You know, <laughs> or I'm going
0: somewhere else, you know. Yeah, I'm heading east. Exactly. I'm, I'm not going to live in Snowflake anymore. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's right. It's Snowflake is the town. Uh-huh. Is that a real town? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. In, in uh, Navajo County. Have you been there? Yes. Been yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Did you see any aliens? I didn't. Okay.
1: There's a lot of pilgrims <laughs> yeah. to the site of Travis Walton's abduction. Yeah, so I bet. It, it, there's, there's even today, yeah.
0: I, I'm going to read this book. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to see what it's about. Right. Um, and then what happens then is uh, Robert Patrick is upset, and uh, he goes back home because he had a falling out with his wife. He was staying at a motel, I think, yeah. because she didn't believe him, and he was like, oh, well... This is a great marriage. I'm uh, so
1: pissed off at this because I love... I actually am a big Kathleen Wilhoit fan. Yeah? I loved her in the movies in the 80s, and she was really good on Roadhouse, too. Uh-huh. And she's a good singer. And she's used <laughs> in this movie as this kind of wet blanket, stereotypical, I hate women
0: role. And yeah. I just...
1: I'm like, man, she doesn't believe a word of his story. Uh-huh.
0: What is this? And they've, their marriage is rocky already, we've come to find out. Yes. And, well, because Robert Patrick's not paying the bills. He, he's... I don't know. And they they... They're working every day. They have a logging contract. Uh-huh. Why, is
1: there, why is their mortgage three months overdue?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. It's maybe, uh, I think everyone else just sits around the house all day. I, I what it looks like. I
1: know. Which I, I would have liked to have seen this particular relationship that's kind of grounding us. Because mm-hmm. Robert Patrick is technically the protagonist, even though the movie's not about him. Yes. It would have been nice if he has a loving relationship with his wife where they're really into each other, and that's like kind of our foundation,
0: you know? Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Well, whatever. Right. We just get Dallas. Yeah. It's fine. uh, (laughs) Anyway, people have been prank calling the house saying they're Travis or they're aliens and things like this. So uh, a call happens, and... Uh, but Robert Patrick wants to answer it, and his wife doesn't want him to, but he does. It's a collect call from Travis. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that sounds pretty official, you know? Sure, sure. (laughs) A collect call from a guy abducted by aliens. (laughs) Turns out to be him. And so uh, Robert Patrick gets in his truck with a bunch of people, and they go to find him. And uh, we don't know if it really is him or not, or if Robert Patrick's just, you know, dealing with his guilt uh, in another way by having to find him. And they, they drive up into all these small towns looking for this gas station, and they ultimately find him, which I think this scene's really well done, too. I like this a lot. The, the fear and the just the guilt of it. Yep. And they find Travis, like, huddled up naked in a ball next to this, like, ice machine yep. in front of some general store somewhere in the middle of the night pouring down rain. Right. And he is – D.B. Sweeney's great as this shell shocked abductee, you're I right. I think he's great. As this is, is the best, this is yeah. the best
1: part of his performance, certainly. Yeah.
0: And he he can't even like look or react to people. He's just constantly cowering in fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite scary. And uh, you know the 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 crew that actually like finds him.
1: It's Robert Patrick and then uh, his DB sister, his brother, and then Robert Patrick's sister. Yeah. yeah. uh-huh and like she is you know like trying to comfort him and you know like every time she even like gets near him she doesn't even have to touch him yet and he's just like cowering in fear. Uh-huh. And then she
0: touches his arm and he just like screams, starts wigging out, right? He, yeah, he he freaks out. He's screaming like very I don't even know the word to describe it. It's almost violently screaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it's scary. It, it is. is pretty scary. Like this movie takes a lot of tonal shifts. You know? I know, and and like the even though the, yeah,
1: <laughs> t- tonal shifts that, that are jarring like this usually are are they're not so good, but in this one because the 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 acting and the um I guess the filmmaking is so good in these sequences we forgive it for this for this. I shift. think
0: that's one of the things I like most about the movie is how it handles those shifts. Right, I think it does it well, and it you know justifies being used in the story, and it makes you glad you came in. You know, yeah. Cause you're
1: just kind of like because th- this alien stuff is everything to do with the alien abduction is
0: kind of spot on. I think so too. It's, it's really well done. It's well done. And it's scary. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of get him back. Uh, at first they call these like alien investigator dudes. Cause like the whole town has been fallen upon by these, you know, alien Uh tourists, tourists. Yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. And like, they get a business card from some guy, like the Alien Research Corporation or some uh-huh. some wackos, you it's, know? Yeah, they're called AFAR. <laughs> AFAR. Yeah, and
1: it's an oh acronym for some kind of, you know... Yeah. You know
0: what they did? They made up that acronym <laughs> and then put words to it. I, I cannot stand I, I, that.
1: I, you're right. Working backwards like that is not the way to I do it. I hate
0: it. I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite things to hate, though, because I find it so <laughs> fascinating that there's a boardroom trying to make up words to fit this stupid like name. I, I it's just so <laughs> stupidly fascinating. I agree. No, you're right. It's a, it's a good subject to delve into. Yes. But but the action sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, but uh they come in and start harassing them with a tape recorder like what did they look like? What happened? blah blah blah. How did why did they call these people? I'm I, on. It
1: was it was set up earlier in desperation? the desperation like earlier in the movie when when they when the guy first comes up to Robert Patrick on the street and like and is kind of saying i'm a friend and i'm going to i'm i'm going to listen to you and i believe your yeah, story. Yeah, this is bogs from Shawshank redemption. It, it is completely. Yes. <laughs> I could be
0: a friend to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and we're we're led to believe as he is that these people are going to believe you and they are like friendly to you and they're mm-hmm. sympathetic to you. Mm-hmm. So at the absolute wrong time to do it, he calls this dude yeah. who comes in and is acting like Ray Melendez from the from the uh-huh. TV station. Yes, he's just putting a, ca- uh, a camera and a microphone in Travis's face mm-hmm. and not being sympathetic at all. No, um, you you have to get the guy calmed down first, and then in the you know like soft light of of your mom's house, mm-hmm. have him be interviewed by this exactly
0: dude. exactly. No, it sucks. I know, but uh, they take him to the hospital and. Uh get him better apparently he's been without food or water for five days yeah wow that's uh that's a lot right <laughs> right uh they're surprised he's alive even and the sheriff, the the lieutenant who's investigating is even like wow i can't believe you went through those lengths to pull this prank you know at the end it's like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> because he's out of options he's like all right maybe it's a prank that's what it is uh-huh. you know come on <laughs> But I like what they do here when they show him on the gurney going through the hospital corridor with the lights. Yeah. it's flashing between the hospital and like an alien corridor. Yep, showing uh, the memories flashing back to DB Sweeney. It's pretty well done. Yeah, you're watching it from Travis's perspective, and you don't quite know what he's thinking
1: or what he's seeing, but you know that he's going through some kind of uh, like definite shock here. Yeah, and the way they cut it together, you're you're, you're knowing they're foreshadowing you know, what you're going to see later in the movie. Yeah. And it sets it up really well. And,
0: you know, they definitely pay it off. They, they do. <laughs> you know? Uh, so now that he's in the hospital, uh, Mike, Robert Patrick, comes in and talks to him and says something about, we came back for you. And Travis is like, you left me there? Uh-huh. And then they don't talk for two years. Uh, this is the stupidest it's, thing it's, I've ever seen in a movie. I, I it's so I hate stupid. It. I I really
1: hate it. I even hate the, the whole thing of like when Robert Patrick Okay, so we, we we go into the hospital, like he's he's admitted first and he's being, you know, like rushed through there like uh-huh. you're watching ER. Yeah. And then it's the aftermath of that. He's in uh one of the one of these big I think George
0: Clooney was there by the yes, way. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and and we saw our, <laughs> Noah Wiley. Right. Eric Lassalle was hanging around. So, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, but they're they're uh <laughs> In the aftermath of it, he's now in a big, like, communal hospital room. Yes. Yeah. And it's because we know this is a movie about alien abduction and it's been a little bit scary in parts, Mm -hmm. we're like thinking something's
0: going to happen here. Yeah. You know, maybe we're going to see more of it. This big, empty communal space.
1: He's in there by himself with, like, you know, 20 empty beds
0: and his back against the window.
1: It looks like The Exorcist 3, actually. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And from the side of the screen.
1: Robert Patrick sidles up to the bed and just goes, hey, man, <laughs> like, I, I know you couldn't see the thing I just did. It's like Beetlejuice I popping know. out. He just, like, I mean, it's something you do to your friend at the mall. And and, and, and they
0: spill their Coke and yeah. they, they get pissed at you.
1: Right? <laughs> I, I, I was yeah, just like, what up. is this? And then they had the conversation you mentioned and, and like Robert Patrick, He's not supposed to be in there. He was told no visitors. Right. But somehow he got into this place, and he was says- Was he
0: hiding under the bed and then he popped out? I, hey.
1: Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when
0: Travis, like, says, <laughs>
1: you didn't come back for me, and he, like, kind of just- All he does is turn his head he the gets other way. so
0: defensive. When Robert he just, Patrick does. Well, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. You shouldn't have got out of the car, you fucking idiot. I hope you- uh, I wish you would have died. He doesn't go that far, but it's like- He's saying some mean-ass shit, dude. I know. Come on, man. How about being a little more comforting in this, this situation? This is your future partner of MT Motors. Come on. We've we've established that. Come yes, on. exactly. Uh, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I don't mind a falling out happening, but they have to tell you that happened. Right. Because this is the end of it. You, you <laughs> think they just storm out of the room or something. No, they don't talk for two years. We find out in the, the epilogue. There is one small piece like the that Dana, the
1: sister, tell like what when they're they're having like a coming home party for Travis, like oh, yeah, right yeah, after yeah, this that's scene, right, yeah. They're like, Surprise and Mike couldn't make it. But like Kathleen Wilhoyt is there. Yeah. So she's there, but Mike isn't. <laughs> yeah. Well what uh, so and, and it doesn't like affect him. It's not a thing where, like he walks around going, Oh boy, I really wish Mike was here. She just says it offhand, almost in A yeah. D R, and Mike didn't make it. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, it's it's like, well,
0: okay. So we know they're fighting, yeah, but the lengths it goes to—we don't find out till the end of the movie. I know and it's like, wait, you're wrapping up this thing we didn't know happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh, the party is where this starts. Yeah, uh, he's surrounded by maybe 50 people who are all in his face, and they just want to say, "Hey, welcome back." Now let me eat some fucking food. Yes. That's why they're there. Right. Right. Uh, They're not there to support him. They're not good friends. You don't need a party like this. No. The second you're non-abducted. Come on. And
1: even if you were like, even if it wasn't a thing where even abduction was on the table, you were missing for five days without food and water. And you're having a a
0: coming home party for them like this with banners and shit. Yeah. No, that's not what would happen. I'm sure D.B. Sweeney was a party boy. And he liked to have a of good course, time. Yes. But you know what? He just got probed. Exactly. Stop it. Exactly. This is like, come on. How like, inconsiderate is this?
1: This, the, the aftermath of, he doesn't want to drink him.
0: a Budweiser right. and then hang out.
1: Come it sh- on. It should
0: be like room. Yes, You know what? Like yes. we should
1: be in a hospital still. still like, Jacob Tremblay's there yes. and he's crying. Exactly. Like, like let, let's figure out what happened to this guy. Well, like what, if if we don't believe it was aliens, let, let, let's unpack this. Right. You know, instead uh. they're just partying, whatever.
0: <laughs> anyway yes it turns into a uh, hysterical fit by DB Sweeney he they find him i really like how they do it he they can't find him or his his girlfriend Robert Patrick's sister yeah, Dana Dana is looking for him and she finds him like cowering under the kitchen table which is great because well, where would you go i mean he's he's uh, so afraid right, right. that he just hides under the table like a child yep uh, and she goes to help him, and it flashes back to what happened in the spaceship. And here we go, everybody. This wow. is what you. This
1: is what you paid a ticket to see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's the alien
1: sequence. Um. It it is it is stranger than hell. Um. And it's not what we're expecting. No. It pretty much becomes a horror movie. Yes. Yeah, it's like as gritty and horrific as anything that's in Event Horizon.
0: Um, this is some seriously dark shit. Yeah, it and it starts out with him in this pod with like a film over him. Mm-hmm. It's like when Neo uh, wakes up in the Matrix. Yeah, you know? that's what this looks like. And he breaks through this like film, like this stretched out flesh or something, right? And comes out of this pod, and he's in this chamber like this big tall tower filled with these pod things and uh he goes out and it's zero gravity he's floating around and he's got some um umbilical cord or something on him yep it's really weird and uh he crashes through another pod and there's like a half-rotted corpse in there of another human it's gross it's pretty disgusting i know and uh he finds a way out, like there's some light or something. Some he, chamber. He kind of climbs up this chamber, and it's kind of an extended sequence. Yep. It takes a lot longer, and it moves a lot slower than you'd expect it to. You're like, wow, this movie once again has changed into something else. I know. It is transmorphed into <laughs> whatever. but uh, It's taking its time with, yeah. this, with this escape from the pod. And I think that's a good choice. I do too. Because it allows us to... like absorb what's happening and be like, what the fuck? And imagine yourself in that situation. And, uh, DB Sweeney does a good job acting here too. He's kind of, I don't know. He's kind of just struck with what the hell he's anguished and and really stressed out. So he, uh, sees his keys floating and he tries to get them. And then he gets sucked into this other chamber where there's like four, it looks like independence day aliens hanging there. Like, and it's a, they are spacesuits. Uh, and he, he kind of gets sucked in the middle of them, and he's like looking at him like, "What the hell?" And we're like right up close to these spacesuits, and we think they're like gonna jump scare him, you know? Mm-hmm. And they don't jump scare him, but one in the background kind of moves, like there's an alien in it or something. It's like, oh, that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> the, the the suits look like stereotypical alien, like uh-huh. like with the, the gray the alien. Big eyes mm-hmm. and and the the bulbous head, and and you're. You know right away that like like something that this is not going to end like you think it's going to end yeah because like, it's already like kind of defied what you were expecting with that previous sequence but when he goes up there and starts messing with the suit and he figures out that it's a suit mm-hmm. um when the suit behind him moves it, it it's a weird it's kind of the uh one of the more original j- almost jump scares I've seen right because it it just moves
0: imperceptibly it doesn't like. Like just like jar itself, no. you know, it kind of just turns slowly and like looks over at him. Yes, you know, it's well, it's good. It's it's almost <laughs> like John Carpenter stuff, actually. It is, and it, I think it's a, a merit to the director, yeah, to have that kind of, I don't know, just like hold back a little, you yeah, know? instead of just going all out. Right. Very good job. Right. John Lieberman. Yeah. Uh, Robert Robert Lieberman. Lieberman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good good choice. Yep. Uh, and then. He gets ambushed by some aliens, I think, or they drag him through the uh, the hallway, and this is where we saw the flashing earlier, of him going through the alien hallway, and uh, th- these aliens that don't have suits on are dragging him, and we get to see them. Yes, they're. I what did you think of the aliens? Did they look all right? I thought they looked okay. I really thought they looked kind of really scary. Well, I th- I thought they looked scary. Okay, I thought they looked good. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I like I like the the, the, the skin. maybe we Texture. see them too much is what I'm thinking.
1: Well, but, but they, we, they look good though. Yeah, but we hadn't we we only we we do see them a lot in this scene, but we've been waiting to see them. Yeah, so yeah. it's like giving you what you want, which yeah. I
0: I'm I'm okay. I with. don't have any problem with it. Uh-huh. But there's something about it is just making me think maybe hold back a little more. Okay. I don't know. Right, but it, the way it it goes so far that I actually really love it and appreciate me how too. far this goes. Because you don't expect this at all, when he's on the slab, they put him on the slab. I mean, uh, holy crap! That is real terror with some truly psychotic visuals. They pull a blanket over his body, yeah, and it gets vacuum sealed against his body. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, and his mouth is open screaming, and it's getting sealed, and it's like going sucking it down into his throat. It's, it's terrifying. I know, <laughs> and,
1: and you're acting. You're thinking to yourself as Travis. Well, so this is happening to you, and you don't know where you are, Yeah, and you have, you're have you definitely never going home. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you do somehow escape this situation, what are you going to do? You're going to fly? You're going to just jump ship and mm-hmm. be in outer space and die anyway? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's un-
0: unbelievable, yep. unfathomable terror. So the alien gets a scalpel, and he cuts a hole where his mouth is so he can breathe, I guess. And then he cuts a slit where his eye is, mm-hmm. so his eye is exposed, and... They put like this clamp around his eye uh, like it's Alex DeLarge here. It's
1: the Ludovico technique again. Yes. You know,
0: that's where it came from, I think. (laughs) And anyway, (laughs) uh, uh, the aliens are just around him and they have a device come down from the ceiling. And there's a little needle on the end of this probe. And it keeps extending and extending and getting thinner and more pointy Mm -hmm. and (laughs) heading right towards his eyeball. Uh, and the tension this build is astounding. And Travis is screaming, you yeah. know, through this whole thing. He never
1: stops screaming. Mm-mm. And the aliens are just as stoic as possible. Mm-hmm. They're just
0: carrying out this experiment they've done a million times. Uh-huh. Um, Dude. And it shows that needle get right up to that eye uh-huh. before it cuts. It is... It's almost vomit-inducing, this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Like if eye trauma bothers you, yeah, you, you will pass out. Oh my out. god. And it bothers a lot of people. Like, and a lot of people did pass out, I'm sure. It doesn't puncture. It gets right up right. You know, a couple millimeters from that eye before it cuts. Yep. It is crazy. And if they had gone further with it, it would have been, you know, like um, oh, this would have been rated R, R, right? <laughs> I can't believe it wasn't. I can't. This believe sequence it at the end is so astoundingly terrifying. I know. It's <laughs> I can't it's it's it. a
1: really excellent horror sequence. Mm-hmm. In in the middle, in the mid, it's stuck into what is like it's like a drama about guilt. I know. You know. I know. <laughs> yeah, really, really original stuff.
0: Yeah, the structure of this movie is like none other, <laughs> right? Um, but then it cuts back to Travis again. I don't know. He's getting therapy now. Is that what happened? Yeah, something because
1: like, like once once we've seen what really happened to him, we just kind of cut. It's to, like two years later. Yeah, he's, he's married like to that? Dana, yeah. and they have they have a kid and another kid on the way. And like he he kind of goes off to work, and he's <laughs> got a happy family life. Yeah. Um. And on the way to work, he decides to make a stop. Well, yeah. actually, before this is when we we even had like um it's th- this is kind of the end of the movie before this, but there was one other useless bit of James Garner bullshit. I was going to bring that touch up. On. I was going to yes. stop you because yes. he comes out and oh. he's
0: got his cowboy hat on. Fuck this guy and he says, "You know what? I don't know what happened, but I'll be back and I'm going to solve this case." And then he drives off into the sunset. God,
1: fuck yeah! But but he, you know, as oh. soon as I hear about it, I'm on my way back to Snowflake to do what exactly?
0: Yeah, I'm. Come on. I hate this. I
1: hate this crap. I, I and this, this guy. Fayed oh, two years later. <laughs> yes. Fade two <laughs> years later and we're back <laughs> and it's time for DB Sweeney to find uh, Robert Patrick who for some <laughs> reason is now like living at, you know, in a, in a cabin by himself mm-hmm. and he's, He's dressed it's like Darryl Lemmy.
0: Dixon. I'm yeah. swearing to God here. <laughs> right. Yes. He comes out with a crossbow. Oh God. And shoots a couple aliens. He's got in the like head.
1: a cowboy hat with it, with the sides turned up, like he's partying. You know, you know, somewhere. This, and
0: this is a stripper's cowboy hat. It is. It is. Yeah.
1: And he's got this this long hair and a, and a beard and must. I, I said Lemmy. It's more like Zach Wild. Uh huh. You know, he, he, this is to show like like how he's kind of really down on him. You know, he, he's, uh-huh. he's had some really tough times and. It's and he, I, I guess he's supposed to be kind of paranoid because when DB Sweeney like you know um, pulls up, he you see Robert Patrick at the window almost. You don't hear mm-hmm. a shotgun cock, but that's probably yeah, coming he's, next.
0: he's looking out the window yes. with that eye. Yes, and he's got that rifle in his hand. Yeah, he's <laughs> ready to go. I mean,
1: and, and then <sighs> they make up. Like they they go to the the alien abduction site and yeah. they they like Travis forgives him for. For leaving him there or whatever.
0: I like the end. I yeah. like it's a good scene and it is kind of touching. Yeah. Uh, they didn't need to have the two year fallout though. Why not just have them come and reconcile with what happened at the site? Not reconcile. You know, I got mad at you at a hospital. Right. I don't know. Which is all part of it, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, th- 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 this whole this whole I'm mad at you for two years thing. Doesn't need to be here at all. It's Maybe it se- happened in real life, and that's why they put it here. But man, well, it yeah, it's set
1: up badly, and it's paid off. Even if or if if it's well acted, it's still unnecessary. I, I think they're good together in this yeah. scene. Really, it, it, it could have ended with with James Garner's you know like uh, I'm on my way back to Snowflake you know line, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it didn't, because yeah. I would have said, fuck that. Exactly. It, it probably should have just... What a bad just, ending. It probably should have just ended with, like, you know, first of all, cut out the, the falling out mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. And it just ends with, like, you know, Travis is, is living a normal life, and he's going to, like, go meet Mike, and they're shooting pool in somewhere downtown. Yeah. And, and, and like, maybe he just kind of looks out the window pensively and is kind
0: of like, you know, I know what happened to me. It's, um, and it's them just trying to still yeah. get over this. right? You know? That's kind of what the end of the movie still is. Yeah, but could have been done a little better, I think, and I'm, not I, as heavy-handedly, kind of. Right. Uh,
1: I'm glad they're friends, but they didn't ever need to be enemies. Right. There's you know? a, and
0: there's a good line where he says, "You know what?" Or he says something about they won't be back, and he's like, "Well, how do you know?" He's like, "I don't think they liked me." You know, that's because they of got good. rid of him. I, yeah. I, and then Robert Patrick just starts chuckling. I really like it. <laughs> yes. Robert Patrick just. Starting to laugh uh-huh. like uh, this real genuine laugh. I really yeah. like it. It, it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else, Dave? Oh boy. Uh, you know that
1: that the truck that they have that that Dodge extended cab uh-huh. with the, uh, the the cloth <laughs> bench seats. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> it's nice, you know what a yeah. great truck. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and also just like I kind of appreciate that like northern Arizona is given um, some coverage in a in a big movie uh-huh. because that's a that's a
0: uh, an underrated region. I didn't even realize it was Arizona. Mm. I thought it was Utah or oh, something. Oh, okay, yeah. Um yeah. I mean that's right up there though. So
1: the, the way Arizona is is kind of constructed is like you have like Phoenix and south is uh-huh. all the desert yeah. and then everything north of Phoenix is what we see in this movie.
0: Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh one thing I really liked in the movie we didn't touch on was uh, when all these fanatics are coming to the town and reporters and stuff. Yeah. There's this guy who comes after Mike. His name's Mike Rogers is his name and he's like oh, hey, Mr. Rogers, uh, I feel like I should ask you if it's a beautiful day in your neighborhood. And Robert Patrick gives this guy a death stare. (laughs) And I have never laughed harder in my life. (laughs) It is so good. (laughs) (laughs) And the reporter just kind of backs off. Yeah. It's really good. (laughs) He gets in his truck and goes.
1: (laughs) Is he in the driver's seat when when he, like, I, he's like looking, just I, glaring I at the guy. I think he's
0: about to get in the truck, uh-huh. and he's just standing in front of it, and he just is staring at this guy's yes. soul, man. Yes. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I haven't heard that one in a while.
1: And, you know,
0: if this is <laughs> this is prime Robert Patrick, too. Yeah. Probably put on some muscle I after mean, T-1000. Holy and, crap. Yeah. He, he looks I mean, great. he's not buff, but, I mean, he's in great shape. He could still outrun you. And beat your ass.
1: I kept every time I see Robert Patrick in a movie because because T, the T one thousand is such an iconic character. Uh-huh. I I want him to start slowly sprinting.
0: Yeah, he's got to like know? like start up a little exactly. to yeah, get that acceleration going. Yes. and because it's, <laughs> it's beautiful to watch. You know, it's kind of mesmerizing. <laughs> it's like he starts in slow mo. Yes. Then kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so would you recommend this
1: d- movie dave yes i i would recommend it um i'm gonna give it three stars and uh, recommend it okay
0: that's that's my recommendation it's three stars um mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of original i don't i haven't seen anything else like this uh i haven't either it's, especially structure wise right that's why i would recommend it so yeah that about wraps things up if you like what you heard please subscribe in apple Podcasts, rate it review it most of all share it it gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And if you don't use Apple Podcasts, you can find us anywhere else you get a podcast. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and you can find anything you need right there. Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on
1: Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com.
0: Uh huh. And we have a voicemail now. So call in and leave us a voicemail, 314, or what, 304 804 Dude. Yeah. 304 804 Dude. And leave us your answer to the question of the week. And the question of the week, what is your favorite alien abduction in any movie yeah there's got to be plenty of them right Mm-hmm. all right so uh let us know 304-804-DUDE and we'll uh play it on our monthly response show stay tuned next week when we do 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Harrison Ford so until next week I'm your dude Scott I'm your dude Dave and we'll see you next time